Singing with the angels in all creation, we celebrate the cosmic event of the resurrection this night. Yet the event is so enormous, we cannot fully see it. It's so bright that our eyes can't take it in. Someone who no one has ever seen has done something that has never been done, and we ourselves have never seen it. We exalt that the invisible God has become veiled in flesh, conquered death by death, and now lives in glorious splendor. He is not merely resuscitated. He is risen. He is alive and existing in a supernatural plane. And we are not the eyewitnesses to this. Yet there were eyewitnesses, and we believe their testimony. What we have seen, what we have heard, says St. John the Beloved, concerns the word of life. The testimony of those who have seen the risen Lord comes down to us. The good news that Jesus Christ is risen, and those who believe in him, who love him, receive eternal life. This testimony which we proclaim tonight is foolishness in the eyes of the world. A cult has formed in our day that worships science. Their idol is their own reason in sensual perceptions. Bantering the evidentialist objection, they claim, unless I see, I will not believe. But we cherish the words of Christ. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. We are not fundamentalists in saying this. We are people of both faith and reason. We know the knowledge that science gains for us, but we also know its limitations. Because truth speaks. And when the truth speaks, he speaks truly. Nothing but himself can verify that. The idolatry of science wishes to shackle God's actions to the ordinary. Unless it is measurable by the senses, they say it can't be true. But God is not limited to sensible reality, space, and time. After all, he created these. As evidence of God's transcendence over the sensible world, the Church presents a panoramic view of salvation history this evening, a sumptuous meal of Scripture. We see that from the beginning in the book of Genesis, that a day is not complete without the morning. Darkness came, and then morning followed the first day. Jesus Christ is the morning star that never sets. He establishes the completion of the seven days of creation, and he inaugurates the eighth day with the light that conquers all darkness. He is the morning which evening never follows. In our second reading, we see the time of Abraham, the story of his sacrifice of Isaac, a father moving by the darkness of faith, offers to God his only son, the son whom he loves. Yet, as Isaac's carrying the wood on his shoulder up Mount Moriah, 
And he asks, where is the sheep for the sacrifice? Abraham, in his great faith, with the knife in his hand, tells his son, God himself will provide the sheep for the sacrifice. And God, in fact, does. He stayed Abraham's hand. And his faith, his awaitment of this sacrifice is fulfilled in Christ, the only Son of God, the Son whom God loves, the Son who now lives, being restored on the third day. We hear the Exodus Passover in which Israel was led by a pillar of fire through the waters of the Red Sea, passing from slavery to freedom, the freedom to worship God. Jesus has passed through death to newness of life, freeing us from the slavery to sin and restoring us to a glorious freedom in which we worship God in spirit and truth. We are drawn through the waters of baptism into a death like his, so that through this watery passage, we might be drawn into his resurrection. We heard from Isaiah the word of God that goes forth like rain upon the earth. He will not return to the Lord until he has accomplished his will. Jesus Christ, the word of God, the just one rained down upon us, has given himself over to the will of the Father. He was obedient until death, death on a cross. He has been sent and achieved the end for which the Father intended, which is our salvation. If this were a vigil of old, we could pass through the whole night talking about these scriptures. But I'm I'm fairly certain that's not your expectation this evening, nor is it Father Pollard's. Yet even if we did pass the whole night meditating upon these texts, it wouldn't be enough to unveil what God has given us in history and in Scripture. Just as God authored creation, so he has authored all of Scripture. The Logos, the reason for all being, Jesus Christ has acted in history, leaving a trail of prophecies and events that point to the event of this night. The light of Christ breaking the bonds of death. Even though we have not seen, we can hold fast to what has been proclaimed. He is alive. He cares for you. And he is working out your salvation. Do not be swayed by the naysayers, by those trapped in the sensible world. You have been given a great gift by God, your faith. We can say along with Scripture, because we know this, unless you believe, you will not understand. So we rejoice in the trials we are facing, the scandals, the persecutions, because our Redeemer lives. We rejoice in what St. Peter wrote 2,000 years ago. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with unutterable and exalted joy as the outcome of your faith you obtain salvation of your souls. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.